Hello? Is it the east of England you're looking for? Then you've come to the right place for some real Eastern promise. I'm Mike Rigby, and welcome to Eastern Promise, the podcast that explores the full potential of the east of England. This week, we return to the foodie centre of the region at Honingham in Norfolk. Fielding Cottage isn't just a quaint holiday home, it's also the home of The Goat Shed, a multi-award-winning business built around sharing the best produce Norfolk has to offer, from human and goat alike. We'll hear The Goat Shed story from its founder, Sam Steggles. But that's not all. We'll also hear from the recent Agritech e-showcase at Eastern College in Norfolk on the opportunities to bring space tech and agritech together. And finally, you share the spots where you've unearthed hidden treasure in our region. Let's find out what you found and where in this week's Crowd Sorcery. But first, here's the latest news from across the east of England. I'm devoting the news roundup this week to the Norwich Science Festival, which is currently in full swing. Four days of fun and discovery have already been completed, but don't worry if you missed anything, because there's a packed programme of events and exhibitions still to come. Thursday the 16th of February is the festival's dedicated chemistry, physics and astronomy day, and I'm honour bound to start with a talk by Robin Milton, founder of Fairer Games, who will be giving a talk on games development careers for marginalised genders at the Auditorium in the Forum in Norwich from 5pm to 6pm. Robin was Eastern Promise's first guest of 2023, and I can't speak for anyone else, but I thoroughly enjoyed talking to her about gaming, game development, and how having a diverse creative team makes games better. You can find my interview with Robin on the Eastern Promise feed on your podcast provider of choice, and I urge you to go along to her talk if you can. Robin is an insightful and brilliant speaker. It's a free event, but you must book first via the Norwich Science Festival website, norwichsciencefestival.co.uk. It's half-term week, of course, which means working from home has by now become much less appealing. However, if your little darlings are techie types, then help is at hand. Step into tech are holding a two-day hackathon for young people aged 8 to 18, kicking off at 9am on Thursday the 16th of February. The techathon lets young people explore the possibilities of technology in an informal and creative environment, learning to explore, experiment and collaborate to take on a challenge. Sponsored by Aviva, Norwich University of the Arts and Norfolk County Council, the techathon promises to be a fun-packed event with the opportunity to learn new skills, make friends, meet experts and even win prizes. For any additional queries, email hello at stepintotech.org. The event is being held at Norwich School and costs £10 for both days. To book, go to stepintotechathon.org. 
Meanwhile, on Friday the 18th of February, the University of East Anglia invites you to use your creative voice to fight climate change with the Voices UEA project. The ground floor of Norwich's amazing Millennium Library is the place to see the Voices UEA exhibition and make poetry and plasticine insects for stop-motion animation with Voices UEA students from science and creative writing. You'll explore how insects are in danger of becoming extinct due to habitat loss caused by climate change, as well as celebrating the importance of insects for a healthy planet. It's a free drop-in event running from 9am to 4pm again on Friday the 18th of February. Also focused on the impact of climate change is the Climate Mural for Our Times, a celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Climatic Research Unit at the University of East Anglia. This 10-metre-long painting by Gennady Ivanov depicts global climate change over 66 million years, set in a local context. Past, present and future. It shows how climate is woven into geology and history, and all decisions taken globally and locally, now and in the future. It's being displayed in the debating chamber at Norwich City Hall as a reminder to Norwich's elected representatives that every decision taken is about the environment of present and future citizens. You can join a free tour from the steps of City Hall on the hour at noon, 1pm and 2pm. No booking is required. Lastly, on the final day of the Science Festival, Professor Mark Searcy, Chair of Medicinal Chemistry and Pro Vice-Chancellor of Science at the University of East Anglia, wants us all to spare a thought for single-celled organisms. Because it's a tough life, only having one cell in an organism-eat-organism world. That's because bacteria are masters of coming up with novel ways to kill each other. They produce molecules that chop up the DNA in other organisms, molecules that gum up the processes of cell division, and molecules that are so toxic, one or two of them can cause death. Kind of like my aftershave. Devious little buggers. Mark is on hand to tell us how these incredibly nasty molecules can be turned into drugs that can kill a cancer without poisoning the patient. In short, how we get from bugs protecting themselves to drugs protecting us. Now, if you want to back our bug buddies, then you need to be at the Vernon Castle Room in the Millennium Library at the Forum in Norwich from 4pm to 5pm, again on Saturday the 18th of February 2023. It's a free event, though you will need to book your place. For more details and to book your ticket, go to norwichsciencefestival.co.uk and you can find out more details about this and all the events that are still to come. I have just scratched the surface of what's on offer and I apologise to everyone I haven't mentioned. Please do visit the website for a full lineup of the remaining days of the festival, norwichsciencefestival.co.uk. And that's all, folks. Send your news stories to newsdesk at easternpromise.site. Winning awards by the boatload, or should that be goatload? Yeah, no, 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 it shouldn't, no. Has been the goat shed at Honingham, just to the west of Norwich. Is it a goat farm and award-winning cheesemaker? A farm shop? A cafe restaurant, cheese-making school, holiday destination and, seasonally, 
a Christmas market? Well, the answer is yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> Invited by founder and entrepreneur Sam Steggles to come and see the goat shed for myself, I found myself making the journey up to Honingham to find out more on a blisteringly hot July day. Welcome to the goat shed. Describe this for me, because we've seen rosemaries at the back there. There's the uh, goat shed kitchen to our right. We've got freezers, fridges, lots of what, you know, Norfolk's own kettle chips. Yeah, so this is the, so, so the goat shed is um, Norfolk's farm shop. Mm -hmm. So our, our vision and values is creating smiles through food farming and family. I love it, yeah. We, we, we want to showcase, and we are showcasing, the very best of Norfolk and beyond. Mm -hmm. So we've got all the, all the very best Norfolk producers in here, and we're wanting more as well. So on Absolutely. the display here, ready for Norfolk Day yep. in 10 days' time. Yeah, excellent. We've got you know, local beers, our own goat herder beer. Down yeah, I was going to ask about there. that. So talk, talk to me about goat herder. Goat herder. So goat herder is a, an amber, amber ale. Um, brewed exclusively for us um, by Winters, and it's it's just a lovely ale. It's yeah. a real session session ale. And then we've got the Norfolk teas, the Nor chocolates, mm. the, the granolas, Norwich porridges, you know, all the, the oils from Crush, just Bullard's gins, apple juices, any any yeah. Norfolk produce. We, we we want to showcase it. It's really what we're all about. That's fantastic. And then it goes on, you know, we've got, we've got sort of 75% of our, um, our suppliers are from Norfolk, which we're really, really proud about. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's something that, that has grown out of, out of lockdown and grown through, through COVID. And yeah. it has just taken, taken off, really. really. I mean, it does. It, I think it gives the place a, lov a lovely feel. You've created, I think, this really you know, local, local shop feel, but with such, I mean, Cheeky Nibble. I, I've, I've seen, um, seen uh, the, that on LinkedIn. Yep. Cheeky Nibble, local brand. You've got Norwich Porridge as well. And um, Free From, very important. And, yeah. uh, good selection there. You created really, a really nice local feel, but in a very sort of, feeling a very high-end uh, establishment. I, well, mean, I think it's, it's, and we had the, the forge, we were very fortunate that we had the, the opportunity to build it during COVID. So we built it with, with space in mind. Um, we listened to our customers and we listened to, to what they were asking us for. And they, they've been on this journey with us. Yeah. And, and we're indebted to, to them for, for supporting us through, through all of this. And this is what they've asked us for. Yeah. And, and we've delivered it. I mean, it's, it sounds like, and not to repeat what you've said, it sounds like you, you're driving a lot of inspiration from that, that, customer, that customer demand, that customer, could you do this, will you do that? 100%. You said yourself earlier when we were, were talking about the, the cottages and the cheese making courses, about how you'd read in the EDP that you seize the opportunity and, and mm -hmm. run with it. Well, that's exactly what we did, yeah. did here, seize the opportunity yeah. and, and so run. Sorry, so what's Rosemary's? Rosemary's, um, so Rosemary's is our, um, our larder. Yeah. So this is where we're full of local cheeses and cheeses from further afield. Um, our fruit and veg sits in, sits in here as well. And uh, again, on a, on a day like today, it's lovely to have yes. a, a walk-in fridge. Ah, yes, Larder Definitely. to be able to go into. So, yes. you know, we've got Mrs. Temple's cheeses here. 
We've got Johnny Crickmore's butter, the, the Bungie butter, and oh, yes. Ben Farm cheeses, and then we've got the Norfolk White Lady cheeses, as well as some from, from further afield, the Cheddar, Cheddar Gorge Cheese Company, but not forgetting our very own Norfolk Mullet. Oh, in Pride of Place, quite right. Wensom Whites as well. And you've got the Goat Shed Sticky Figgy Chutney. Oh, that yeah. Looks, that looks nice. Uh, I just want a barrel of crackers now. Oh, range. there's one. <laughs> Right, a whole range of uh, oh, yes, you've got a whole range of pick a lily, uh, tomato and onion, onion marmalade. Oh, sorry, feeling hungry already. I've only just had lunch. Marsh pig, so yeah, and and fruit, vegetables. Because I remember you, and we'll come on to this perhaps, perhaps, um, depending on where we've edited, we may have said this already or be about to say it, but um, you, you talking about all the things that people asked you to provide in lockdown, or you seize those opportunities. You were seizing the opportunities from consumer demand. We're sort of coming back to that theme. But it, it was for a wide range of stuff, wasn't it? Because perhaps we should go somewhere and, and you can tell, tell me the story about... Yeah, well, um, let's go next door. Yeah. And let's go into where we, we started the, ori well, the original goat shed is the little wooden shed the other side of the car park. Uh-huh. But then when we outgrew that, we moved into, into here. So this is this is where we we moved into. So oh, to wow. give you a, an idea of the the story it's, um, itself, we were in the the little wooden um, wooden shed in the car park. Lockdown, yeah. lockdown. Um, uh, well, COVID COVID hit. Um, actually, I was the the other side of the world. I yes. started my um, my. So let's rewind a bit, shall we? I was fortunate enough to be awarded a, a Nuffield farming scholarship. Mm -hmm. where I wished to, to go and research um, the journey to maturity, navigating sustainable food business growth. So right. I wanted to research and, and look into how businesses had grown um, substantially but sustainably with a particular emphasis on people and how they recruited and retained uh, the right people to build a, a fantastic team and then how they, how they did that in tricky economical and political times. Mm. So I got my, my scholarship and then I, was jump, I jumped on a plane on, on a Sunday morning in, um, in March and took off to, to Australia to, to start to go to the Contemporary Scholars Conference in Brisbane. So I had four nights in, in Brisbane um, and then had some phone calls to say that the, the cheese, uh, cheese business was losing customers because airlines weren't flying and national pub chains were closing and yeah. the country was slowly coming to a to a, a halt. So we lost 90% of our cheese business overnight. Um, we had to refund 100% of our holiday cottage bookings as well as 100% of our cheese making course bookings. Mm -hmm. And um, at that point we got on a plane or I got on a plane and flew home. By the time I, I got home it was Sunday, Sunday lunchtime. So I'd circumnavigated the world in seven days and um, all I had to show for it really was a haircut in Brisbane. Yeah. Got home and, and we, were, we had no orders, we had no, no businesses, so it was a, a fairly terrifying time. We had a small team of, of people that, that we still wanted and needed to support. So we, um, we had our little wooden shed in the, the car park and people kept coming in and asking um, for, for stuff that they couldn't get. Could we get bread? Yeah, we can get you some bread. So phoned up and, and found some bread. Um, and then my wife phoned up and said, you can't get toilet rolls. 
in the, the supermarket, you know, there's no toilet rolls. So I was, right, okay. So I managed to go and buy a whole load of toilet rolls yeah. and um, came in. So people were coming to buy toilet rolls and then flour, you know, you couldn't buy bags of flour or yeast anywhere. We, we managed to secure a supply of, of flour and yeast and, yeah. and people were coming and we, we then moved into here on one Friday morning. So the following Friday, so less than a week after being home from, from Australia, we moved in here and we turned these potato boxes upside down and put some, some um, boards on top yeah. and developed a, a farm shop in here. Then people would come in and ask if we could get meat or oil or fish or, or whatever it may yeah. be. So we then gradually swept it out and kept moving it backwards and backwards and backwards. Yeah. And uh, it grew. And then people asked if we would continue to, to do it once COVID was over. So we said, well, if you support us, we, we yeah. will. And um, we, they said they would. So we kept our side of the bargain and, and built the, the, the proper goat shed as it is yeah. now. And, um, and it's, it's taken off there. So we can now- It certainly has. We can, we can now really do what we set out to, to do in those early days. And that is support the local community, support the local producers, but put smiles on people's faces day in, day out, whilst doing that and, yeah. and being true to, our, true to our roots. We'll go and have a look out here and we'll show you our, um, our cottages. Ah, yes. Out into the sunshine. So yeah, just here we've got the, the holiday cottages, which we, we built a few years ago to, um, to help when people were asking if they could learn how to make cheese. Oh, right, when okay. The, when the dairy industry was, was on its knees, yeah. um, people were asking us if we could teach them how to make cheese. So we, we could, but it's not a two minute process as you've just seen. No, it's not. So we needed to, to have a, a, an area to put people up. Yeah. So we managed to, to get some grant funding to help us build these. Absolutely. Give people the opportunity to come and stay, learn how to make cheese, and add value to, to yeah. their milk, and then double up as holiday cottages when we weren't running cheese making courses. Absolutely. So there's, there's clearly uh, so there's three cottages, yeah, here, and, and we can sleep up to ten people in. in oh wow! Them, which is which is great. And as you can see, you've got the hot tub and the big garden. For, it's a lovely big garden, yeah. For people to to kick a football around or play in, it's it's great. One of the things I found in, inspiring about your story was, and I read this in, and I've got to give a hat tip here to the Eastern Daily Press, was uh, a comment you made about it might not necessarily be the direction you want to take your business, but when the demand is there, you seize the opportunity and you run with it. And I think that was, that was, that was quite an, insp an inspiring thought for me in that you just, you, you hadn't thought of, oh, like you say, is, is, is that right? You hadn't thought of running courses to, to, on cheese making, but the demand just came up and you, you grabbed the opportunity and you ran with it. Absolutely, 100%. Yep. Yeah. We, we had no plan to, to teach people how to do it. We were just getting on and making cheese ourselves from, from the goat's milk. And, um, and then, yeah, when the, the opportunity came, we, we grasped it with both hands and, and carried on a little bit like the, the goat shed, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, this, you know, it was about, what was it? Two, 250,000 pounds, um, I read uh, again in the Eastern Daily Press while sort of researching this. And you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely, lovely venue inside. It really is. 
Um, you know, there's lots of, sort of high end, high quality produce and uh, a fantastic cafe. And I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm standing here talking to you, because I have actually been in there as a, as a, as, a, as just a, a regular, regular punter and, and had an, an, an excellent cup of coffee. So, uh, so yeah. So what, what, what do you see next? Because they're, they're little, lovely little, little cottages and. Uh, and uh, what do you want so to show us let's, now? Let's go this way and look at look at the farm shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we, we're walking past, you can see the goats on the on the way in. There they are over there, just in the under oh, the yes, trees. Oh yes, very in, wisely, in, very wisely sticking to the uh, in the shade. The shade. This is the heart of the cheese making operation. So this is where it all happens. Yeah, this yeah. is the. The, the cheese vat and the, the presses and the mills and everything here. So as you can see, the, the cheese in the, in yep. the, the molds here has just been um, put through the mill, had its salt added, and uh, the, the curd is now going to be formed and pressed, and it will go uh, into the press for two or three days, and then it will come out and uh, go into the fridge to mature. So what varieties of these? You have so, here. so the one that, that we can see here in front of us, this is Norfolk Marbler. Mm -hmm. So this is our, our matured waxed cheese. This will uh, be matured for a, a number of weeks and then it will come out in that bright yellow wax with the, the green sticker on the front in right. true yeah. Norwich City colours. Excellent. Um, so yeah, and then we've got Wensum White through, through this door here. So Wensum White is our, um, our goat's milk brie, if you like. Yeah. So this will end up with the, the white rind on the, the outside. So you mm -hmm. can see in here how they're already shrinking. The, they the, the way is, way the, is leaving them. Yeah, these look like sort of, for the listener at home, this looks like sort of very large ice, uh, uh, ice cube molds on orange racks, that, but lovely, lovely looking goat's cheese. The smell is incredible, isn't it? It's a, uh, if, if you're like me and you love goat's cheese, this is a fantastic smell. So what's the process with these now, Sam? So with these, so this was milk this morning, and now... Um, this the, just this morning? Yeah, so this wow. was milk this morning, and then the, the curd is, is what we're left with here. The way you can see is, is draining off it, dripping off, off here. So mm. later this afternoon, these will get turned. Right. And then tomorrow, um, tomorrow morning, they'll have salt put in them and go through the, the salting process. Then they'll go on some racks, the, these, um, these racks here, to, um, to grow its white mould. So it will, the cheese will grow its white mould from the inside to the outside. And then right. that's how we get the, the furriness on the outside. Ah, gotcha. And then they'll get wrapped and go into the, into the fridges to, to mature and the reverse will happen. The, the cheese will go gooey from the, the outside in, so we will end up with that chalkiness in the, the centre that over time that will disappear. Mm. Right, so, should, so you say this was milk this morning. How many times, you know, a, a week, a day, a, you know, does this happen? I mean, you, you must have a lot of sort of con a constant sort of flow of cheese. We'd have to, I suppose. So, yeah, uh, so it's a, it's a constant process, and mm -hmm. for us, it depends on what type of cheese we need to make at, at that time of, mm. of week or day or, or year, month. Um, so it, it really does depend. So we've made about, um, about a thousand of these little Wensum Whites um, today. Right. Um, and that will, uh, that will be all of those that we'll make in this, this batch. 
and the, the Norfolk Mardler. We've made um, about 400 kilos of Norfolk Mardler mm -hmm. today. And then that will just repeat. And as our orders get pick up towards the summer, because goat's cheese is great on salads. Oh, yes, it is and, indeed. And the like. So then those numbers may change a bit. We may find that we need to make more Wensome White in a mm -hmm. batch. So we'll then use all of these molds over here. Yeah, we're, there's lots we're, more molds behind us. Yeah. Wow. And so what are these? This, this is like, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd put a, a, a small but tired footballer in these sort of metal metal bats in front of us. Yeah, so what, do they, what, do they, what do they, they're obviously cheese making. What, 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 what do they do? So this is where the milk goes in. So uh -huh. the, the milk will go in these, um, these tanks to, to start the, the Wensom White making process. So we can hold about 300 litres in one of these tanks. So we'll make 300, put 300 litres of milk in, in here, and then they go and get transferred into the, the mm -hmm. ice cube trays, as you call them, to, uh, to, <laughs> yes. to, to start the, the draining off process of yeah. the, the, the whey leaving the, the curd. You can hear it because you can hear it dripping off all the time. This constant drip, 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 drip of 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 the way. That's right, isn't it? The way. Correct. Yeah. Um, leaving the curse. It's it's extraordinary because you must have this going all around the world. Yeah, the the cheeses are, are very popular. If you're fortunate enough to turn left on some of the the aeroplanes and uh, <laughs> and um, you can then eat our cheese at thirty thousand feet as you're flying oh, across wow. the world or pub chains and uh yeah. excellent. excellent all over nice it's 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 uh the amount of work and the amount of scheduling um involved in something like this just to keep those orders met you know are you meeting your own i assume your own needs in the shop and the cafe as well as all your your global your global customers well yeah we've got you know there's, there's a lot that's going through the goat shed it's, yeah. it's one of our best selling products um, and but also it's it's supplying those those local customers that have been with us from from day one. So the cheese of man course. on Norwich Market and, yes. and Gerald's and, and people like that that have, have been with us every step of the, the journey. We we want to keep those guys up to speed, up to keep them fully stocked and, and let them have it because they're, they're our shop window as well as people further, further afield. Yeah, fantastic. Right. What are we going to look at next? So, should we just look at some finished cheeses in the Ooh, fridge here yes. and, um, and see, the, see the Norfolk Mardler once it comes out of the press? This is, a, this is the sort of fridge Boris Johnson hides in. Oh, on a, on a day like today, when it is absolutely roasting hot outside, I cannot tell you how nice it is to be in this, this, this fridge. Hottest day of the Fantastic, year. Fantastic, so far, yeah. Surrounded by cheese. Well, so, so this is Norfolk Mardler as it's coming out. That's big, huge, like sort of a 20 kilo block. Cushion, of, you know, double cushion um, depth of, of, uh, of goat's cheese. And you say you've got the, 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 what are the, some of the more yellowed, yellowy ones on the... Yeah, on the... so Norfolk Mardler is when it's waxed. Is, yes. Is the yellow one um, over there. Very nice. Absolutely. These, these squares, of, these beautiful squares of, of as, as you say, canary coloured uh, goat's cheeses. And you're holding... So yes. you're holding a bar of Wensom White with the World, World, World Cheese Awards Super Gold 2014-15. Yeah, so we were fortunate enough to win Super Gold at the, at the World Cheese Awards uh, for the Wensom White, which is a, a fantastic achievement for our small but, but mighty team all those years ago. Yeah. And, you know, you've, you've obviously stayed in the vein of being, uh, of being mighty. Um, you, we're we're going to come on to how big or small you are. But one of the things that in the east of England, never ceases to amaze me that you can go down any small little 
lane and you will find a business like yours that's going absolute gangbusters and trading around the world and locally, doing, doing fantastic business. And, you know, one of the things I've found, and I don't know if you find this, is we're very good at telling the world outside the east of England what we're doing. But internally, that story sometimes never quite get, makes it within, you know, within ourselves. And we, we, I don't think we're, we're as proud of ourselves as a region, as, a, as, as Norfolk and Suffolk and Cambridge and Essex, as we should be. And you're, but you're doing amazing work and, and you know, super gold award-winning cheeses from the heart of Norfolk. It's brilliant. Well, thank you very much. I think it's, it's good people like yourselves that are helping us shout about everything Let's that is shout going about on it. In, the, yeah. in the Eastern region. So, yeah, good That's, on you as well. Oh, thank you very much. I haven't, I haven't won super gold at anything yet, but there's still time. So you've got this, what's this? I was intrigued by this. It looks like this, you know, Going back to the baths, it's something you'd do. a baby elephant might feel quite at home having taken So this is our, um, our cheese vat. So this is the vat that we make Norfolk Mardler cheese in. This, mm. um, this one is uh, holding about 5,000 litres yeah. of milk. So it's, um, it is quite a, quite a, a big piece of, of kit, but um, it, it does everything that we need it to, to do. It stirs, okay. the, stirs the milk for us and um, allows us to then get on with other, yeah. other jobs at the same Hello time. There. So do you want to give a shout out to your incredibly hardworking team in here? Yeah, so we've got, got Sam over there at the back there. Give us a wave, Sam. Hello, Sam. That's <laughs> And Alex, Alex here. Hi, Alex. So yeah, these are the guys that are, are working tirelessly from four or five o'clock this morning to, oh my uh, God. to, to make, this, make this cheese. You know, they've, they've, they've not, they're not batted in Ireland, they just carry on going, just all these, this weird bloke wanders in and starts <laughs> spouting on with, with Sam. Fantastic, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Oh, the, the cakes are probably melting a little bit, so but you're very <laughs> welcome to a piece of cake if you wish. There's Ooh. strawberry shortcake, um, there's uh, strawberry shortcake, there's coffee and walnut, uh, there's Ooh, Victoria Sponge, there's carrot cake, there's all uh, sorts. Uh, do, do you know what? I'll have a, uh, I'll have a scone, actually. Cheese or fruit? For a scone. Fruit, please. Fruit? Ollie, can we please have one fruit? Yes. Uh, with jam and cream? Uh, yes, please, go on. Yeah. Um, coffee or tea? Or? or coffee, please. Just a black coffee, Americano. Black coffee. Oh, yeah. um, I'll have a... Uh, Tea, please, and a strawberry shortbread cake. Yeah. One of those. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Thank uh, you. Thank you very much. Yes, please. And maybe a couple of lemonades, just because it's hot. Oh yes, that's yeah. Nice Thanks. Thanks. We'll right. Sit down here somewhere. This is a picture of you and uh, is that the, the manager? So yeah, that's Sophie, our, our yeah. goat shed manager. Sort of with your with your uh, your your official goat shed. Uh, Goat shed uh, rugby shirts. That's it. Pointing, pointing at the back. That's a very proud place here in the in the fantastic uh, goat shed uh, cafe. There's a, that, there's a, you've got a lovely little wood burner at the end with lots of always ready ready for winter and the uh, yeah far too hot the this cold time weather. Really. Oh yeah. But, but yeah. So muddy stilettos. Muddy stilettos. Start with muddy yeah. stilettos. Muddy stilettos was was. We were really, really chuffed to get muddy stilettos. So we were, we were 
finalists and then won the award for the best farm shop or deli in, in Norfolk. Yeah. We we were really surprised because the, the quality of the, the people we were up against was phenomenal and, and hands down they uh, they have some fantastic businesses but, but that aside for our team the recognition of, of winning the Muddy Stilettos Best Farm Shop and Deli in Norfolk was was just something else. It, it just yeah. makes all the hard work worthwhile. It makes them feel even more valued than they 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 are already. Mm -hmm. And and it's a, a, another feather in the cap for them. So yeah, really chuffed to get it. And Honningham Buck just down the road, you know, yes, the I other saw. side of the, the main road, they got the, the best destination pub as well. So it's all happening in Honningham. It is, what's not alike. And because you've got the, the Food Enterprise Park, you know, just, just up the road. Just up the road. I mean, there'll be, there'll be lots of people, I think, nipping out and coming here for meetings, I would think. And, yeah. and, so, and so they should be. We do see quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of business breakfasts, which yes, is great. Yeah, it is. Excellent. So, um, and our, our goat breakfast is, is very, very popular with the, the, the business community first mm. thing in the morning. It's sort of I, I, I bet. And, and it, was, it was Clark Willis, who um, we'll hear from in another edition of Eastern Promise where we're touring the, the Food Enterprise Park. But it's Clark Willis who first actually said, have you been to the goat shed? And I said, no, I haven't. So, you know, literally finished my meeting, jumped in the car, came around here. That was the first thing I did. And that was the first time I'd, uh, I'd uh, sampled this place, tried this place out just as a, uh, a regular punter. And uh, was very, very impressed. And I'm not just saying that because you sat here and I'm recording it. Um, so, and you've got the, t tell me about the Delhi Awards as well, because you're, you're finalists in that now, or is that moved on since the... Yeah, we're finalists in the, um, in the, the farm, um, farm Shop and Delhi Awards for Best Farm Shop uh, in East Anglia. Mm. So um, we, were, we were pipped to the post in, in that one by the, the Grundisberg Dog. Um, but again, another fantastic business that, that popped up in, um, in COVID. So again, testament to the team to, to make, it, make it that far. And, oh, absolutely. Um, and and just, to be, just to be acknowledged is, is everything, but to, to make it to the finals is... is just, yeah, really just to be in the mix, as you say, is, 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 is an honor. But to get that, you know, that close to the, uh, the, the brass ring, as it were, you know, wow. Uh, and, and, and for such a business that's come so far, as you say, in a, in a, to, certainly to this extent, in a relatively short span of time. Yeah, it's only been 18 months. and um, Really? And only 18 months? What the team have achieved in 18 months is, is nothing short of phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're, you know, it's exciting to, to now see what they can achieve in the next 18 months, which, which is really, yeah. really what we're, we're looking forward to now. Yeah. Do you have any plans you can share or, or is it all sort of shrouded in mystery or is it still developing? No, it's still very much developing. It's, um, it's still early days for, for us. You know, we're, we're still building our, our team. We've got some, some new appointments that we've just made. We've just got a new general manager started who, and a new marketing person started who are both excellent. And uh, we're really excited that they've, they've hit the ground running. They've got some fantastic ideas and, uh, and we're looking forward to, to rolling some of those out. Some will be, be very short term and then some are, are there for the longer term as well. Look at this. Thank you, Ollie. Yeah, no problem. You don't want that, please. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, just a little. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look at that.
That, that's a cake that and half. That is a strawberry I'd say that's a cake and a half, but clearly it's more than a cake and a half. Strawberry shortbread cake. Yeah, what about strawberry that? shortbread cake. Yeah. Tell me. What's uh So it is Oh is it on the on the topping, yeah. Yeah, strawberry shortbread on the on the top mm -hmm. and um yeah. Ah oh, so oh, sorry. Try some. Oh oh my god one Now this is this is this is a new departure for Eastern Promise. Never before have I done sort of live taste tests. Of uh, uh, so, are these all these all made on the premises? Everything is made on site. Mm. Yep. Oh, that's good. That's the taste of summer right there. Mm. Oh, very nice. Thank you very much. Mm. Yep. So we make all the all the cakes on site. <coughs> all the. Um, all cakes made on site, all the sausage rolls, scones yeah. made fresh daily on site here. Mm. Um, all the all the meats and everything that we yeah. use come from Swannington. Again, just yes. just over the road there. Um, so you can you can have sausage and bacon for for breakfast, and then go and buy it from the shop. Yeah, if you like, if you if you like to take yeah, your home, yeah, absolutely. Now I have to um, I have to ask this because it's I'm I'm. I'm and say you be curious about stuff, but do you go out, uh, you know, in, not 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 in a in a, an underhand or covert way, but do you go out and sample other, you know, go to visit other businesses in the same field here, outside the region, or the way, other places in the region to see how they're doing and what you can learn and and um, you know, is it is that the kind of thing you do, or is it you just focus on the on the goat shed? No, totally. We'll go and um, go and see people from all across the country. Um, as well as locally, and we, we have some really good working relationships with other local farm shops because let's not forget that we're supplying a lot of them with cheese. Yeah. And um, and for for us, it's all about supporting the the local mm. community. You know, we're not we're not in competition with them. We're we're here to support them um, wherever we can and share our experiences with them as well. Because yeah. They've got a lot more experience than we have, so they'll have tried something, and if we're mm -hmm. going to go and try it, we can ask them, and then they'll tell us where they've gone wrong, yeah. or what was a success. And um, we'll share that level of information with people that come here to, to, um, to, to see us as well. So it's, yeah, we, we do. We, we go down, and we, we really like the guys um, down at, at Goody's Farm Shop and, uh, and Friday Street Farm Shop a little bit further afield, but then you go further afield as well, and there's some, some fantastic farm shops all across the country. There, yeah. There really are. I, I had a feeling that would be your approach. I just was, was interested to hear you uh, sort of uh, put voice to it. Um, and one thing, I mean, this is, this is an excellent cup of coffee, by the way. It's, it, I'm not just saying that it is easy to get wrong. Um, I couldn't get it right, but, it, you know. Um, Our own blend of beans as well, goat shed blend. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, that's, I, I hadn't pegged that, but thank you for telling me, because that's that's it makes you again it makes you still think. Oh, I must must pick some up. You are, and I say this again, evidently so proud of the team you've built. What is, and you've just as you say you've just extended the team. What other, what do you bring to the to the recruitment process? What are you looking for that you that you evidently keep on finding again and again and again? So I think we're looking for a. A certain skill set, obviously. So people have to be able to to do the job that we're we're employing them to to do. Mm -hmm. But equally, they have to have the the right mindset, the right attitude, and the right values. So they they have to be able to to work hard, 
but equally they need to play hard as well. They have to have that, that fun-loving sense of humour. They, they, they must have that, that eagerness to, to give the customer the experience that they, that they desire and that we wish to, to give the customer. And ultimately, they've got to be a team player. Yeah. They, they have to fit in with the, the team. They have to be able to, to, to laugh and joke with us and our, our, our customers as well. Because they're the face of, of our business and they take their own personal responsibilities to, to and, they, and they take it personally if something mm. goes wrong. And, yeah. Everyone makes mistakes, but as long as we learn from them, which they do, it's not a problem. Absolutely, yeah. And they're, they're, but I cannot emphasize enough how great each and every one of them, them yeah. are. And they, they all have their separate roles to, to play, but they're all fulfilling those roles 110%. And then as a team, mm. we've created this. Mm. And, and it's it's great that word of mouth is still bringing people here that say they haven't been before every day we get yeah. people that haven't been before and it's down to the the people we're, we're constantly being commented and congratulated on the on the team of guys that are here serving and and working it's, yeah. it's it really is great i mean you're quite modest if i may say so but i you know i, I can imagine that would give you personally no no you know no small sense of satisfaction that you pick the right people and that those comments come back time and time again. That's what gives me the biggest buzz. That's where the adrenaline rush comes. You know, it's not through selling loads and loads of packets of, of cheese or, or bags of tea or whatever it might be, apples. It's when someone stops you and says, that person that just served me is brilliant absolutely brilliant or you get the email that, that says thank you and, and they all go above and above and beyond and and that's really what what makes it worthwhile yeah and, and seeing them achieve and seeing them progress is is so satisfying yeah. for, for myself and, and the team my wife as well so yeah, yeah so does your wife have a, a role in the business do you get what's her name sorry caroline caroline what's she have a role in the business or she sort of yeah so caroline um Caroline's joined the business. We we um, we have our sort of separate areas that, that we um, yes. we we look after. But I think there's a well, I know there's a, a saying that behind every great man is an even greater woman. That's certainly true in my case. Certainly, uh, it's, it's mm -hmm. definitely true in, in <laughs> my darling. case. Except, yeah, she's she's phenomenal in her her own right. But when you put her in here with this environment and this group yeah. of, of people she's really excelling and our business has, has changed since she she joined it you know there she is upstairs walking across the, oh, yes. the office there we can just just, yes, see, just, her, see, her, yeah. just mm -hmm. see her coming coming in there and um, but yeah she's she's in the office now with us and um, and she's really bringing bringing the systems the procedures the all the paperwork side yeah. of stuff um, up to the up to speed and where we need it to be and making sure the team have everything that they need to, yeah. to carry out their roles properly. So the one thing we've not talked about is, take me back to the very start of this for you um, and how 
your, you know, how you all got got, got to on on this on this crazy cheese making train, if I can put it like that. You know, because we talked about things that won Super Gold in 2014-15. Where did it all begin? Okay, so um, I was born on a farm at Wacton near Long Stratton 40 years ago next week. Mm -hmm. And all I ever wanted to do was, was farm. But my grandfather sold the farm when I was about five years old. And if I wanted to do it, I had to go and do it in my, my own right. My parents bought me a, a Jersey cow when I was about 12 years old. Um, so I managed to, to buy and sell carbs and, and milk the cow by hand and strain the milk through a muslin like, like yeah. my grandparents did and then sell it to my mum and then drink it on my cornflakes at, at breakfast time <laughs> before school. I'd then go, um, I'd then go off to, to school and do all, do all of that and then came, um, came back, left school at 15, school wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, I went off to agricultural college and, and did that did two years at Rittle and then three years at Harper Adams. And then I, um, I came home and, and took a job selling poultry equipment. Yeah. But all I wanted to do really was, was farm. So um, I kept looking at, at routes to get into agriculture and then uh, stumbled across goats. And Caroline and I went on holiday. William, our son, was three months old and we came home with 10 goats <laughs> and, um, and started, to, um, started to make a little bit of cheese. And then it's just snowballed from, from there. So we, we then made more and more and more cheese. We were doing farmer's markets, about 18 farmer's markets a month, yeah. going all the local ones into London, and then um, into wholesalers and, and pubs and, and farm shops, delis, you, you name it. You know, if someone asked for it, they could have it. Yeah. And, and that was yeah. the, the philosophy. And it's still very much the philosophy mm -hmm. now. If you'd like our cheese, you can have our cheese. If you want something in here, we'll try and find it for you. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it's instilled in the team here that, you know, if your customer wants it, we'll try and do it. Um, so, yeah, it sort of grew and grew from those 10 goats and, and it's just mm. snowballed to, to what it is today, really, which is crazy when you think that that was 10, 12 years ago, that those 12 years ago, those goats were... were here yeah. we weren't even making cheese and, <laughs> uh, what a short period of time really so can I ask where did you go that meant you came back with 10 goats Cumbria Cumbria yeah. and somewhere like that so yeah we, we went to, to Cumbria and um, came home with 10 goats yeah. can't help but thinking somewhere like Cumbria Norfolk is a, might be a bit of a shock for a goat but um, no they certainly seem to be thriving out there they look very happy I can see them from the window in this in the cafe and uh, the aforementioned goat castle. Um, yeah, so, do you do any kind of sort of special, any special events here, either in the restaurant or the shop or the the, the farm? So we had the the Christmas farm, mm -hmm. um, and we've had um, some burger evenings and um, burger in the barn. Um, we've had some some quiz nights and things. So yeah, yeah we're we're. It's not something that we've, we've majored on because our team are working hard during the yeah, day exactly. to then ask them to come in and work hard all evening. But, but we've done some, some events for organisations. So we've held events for, for the local council. 
um, we've held events for, for schools or, or um, various groups. But the, the team get a buzz from that every now and again. Mm. But I think if we were to do it every night, we now need a day team yeah. and a night team. Yeah. And it's, it's too much. It's That's not what we're about. No, no. I think you, 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 that flexibility you're describing is, is very valuable to be able to respond to demand, but also know where your core business lies and to keep the interests of your team very much at heart. Absolutely. Mm. I think really, for me, the Goat Shed is all about supporting the local producer, supporting the local community, and supporting the, the Norfolk rural communities as a, as a whole. So with all of that in mind, if there's any producers that we don't stock, we'd like to hear from them. Mm -hmm. If there's any businesses that would like to get involved with what we're doing, we'd like to hear from them. If there's any one that we can help, we'd like to help. We just want to be involved with, yeah. with, with everybody and, and, and mm. everything where we, where we can. You know, we don't have bottomless um, pots of money to sponsor, sponsor everyone for everything. But what we, what we do have is um, a great team that can have time and go and do tastings or, or talks, you know, um, present to school about where your food comes from and, and all that sort of stuff that is important and it's only right that business should put that back into the, the community as well really. Sam and his team, both Goat and Human, gave me a very warm welcome and I'm so grateful for their hospitality. For more information visit fieldingcottage.co.uk I can confirm that the cakes at the Goat Shed Cafe are out of this world. I can also confirm that this is a clunky and obvious link to our next feature, the Agritech E and Norfolk Suffolk Unlimited Showcase for the applications and implications for agriculture from the technology of space. Gillian Munson of the New Anglia Local Enterprise Partnership, absolutely with you four square on the ambition to build a space cluster in Norfolk and Suffolk. You've got the launch of the space strategy for those two counties coming up very, very shortly. Have I encapsulated your aim for today? And what more, what more do you want to add? Uh, thanks, Mike. I look, look, we're really excited by the opportunity to build a cluster here. I think um, we don't talk about the space sector enough in our neck of the woods in Norfolk and Suffolk. And I think we, the more we talk about it, the more we see companies coming out of the woodwork who are involved in space tech, satellite applications, involved in other sectors that are using the technologies that are coming from space. And I think this is the thing we want to do. We want to have a joined up conversation with business, with industry, with research, academia, with government, and really build a strong ecosystem in our in our region. And importantly, we're we're, we're building relationships with the UK Space Agency, with ESA, European Space Agency, the Satellite Applications Catapult. We've got some exciting plans that are bubbling away at the moment, which there will be some announcements on in the coming weeks, um, particularly in relation to things, sectors like Agritech. And this is why we're here today to support this event. So, so yeah, and the 10th of March is our kind of real kickoff launch event. So that's at Adastral Park. So we'll look forward to kind of maybe talking a bit more and promoting that more as we, as we move forward. 
What an exciting time to be on the ground floor or something like this. It, it is. I mean, people talk a lot about space in the UK and there's some established clusters in the UK. Um, people talk a lot about Cornwall and Scotland. Um, there's a lot of focus on launch. Uh, for us in the east of England, it's probably more about the downstream applications. We have some launch opportunities here with companies like Gravity Lab. Um, so we're working closely with them to talk about microgravity launch opportunities. But actually, it's the downstream applications which we get particularly excited about. It's the application of technology to things like agritech, to marine science, to offshore energy, all of the sectors that we are very strong in, in our, as a region and we've very strong clusters. So if we can kind of join the dots on some of that and promote the tech and the space applications to support the growth of those sectors, then uh, that's going to grow the economy. Eastern Promise, absolutely four square behind that ambition, as I say. Julian Munson, the best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mike. Tell me your name, first of all, because I'm going to yeah. pronounce that and get it completely wrong. Brian, it's Brian Jelinski-Smith. Brian Jelinski-Smith of Gravity Lab, yes. based at the former RAF Coltishall site. Correct. And you, we, uh, we saw you in the, uh, the space safari that we, we, we sort of moonwalked our way through earlier. And what a fa fascinating story of uh, using microgravity not for, for multiple applications, not just for agritech. But what, what kind of story do you want to convey to the people at this agritech event today? Really that testing in a lab is no longer the... Uh, the stopping point for your development. What you can do now is you can access a lab environment, but access that lab environment free from gravity. And by utilising the services that Gravity Lab offer, you can then access space environments and microgravity environments free from gravity and free from the constraints that you would have within a Earth-based uh, laboratory. And that's to see what effect the taking away of gravity can have to bring things back down to earth. We're not talking about just, you know, looking at things in orbit. We are talking about taking out gravity. What does that do and how can we apply that back on earth? Yeah, correct. So um, by removing gravity, you can unlock a lot of potential uh, for further developments. So you can look at uh, how protein crystallizes um, and how you can speed that process up by removing, say, gravity. You can look at how materials um, form or degrade quicker because you can also accelerate the life of things within uh, within a space environment. So you can see what the reaction of, uh, you know, over a period of time is. But in short duration so you don't have to have that long duration cycle here on earth and you can develop a lot of materials you can do a lot of 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 interesting physical physic fundamentals and, and and that research in space which you cannot do here on earth because it's on earth this is where gravity is omnipresent so it's always around us so by removing that constant you then unlock a world of potential to um, unleash new products new services new ideas new innovations and bringing that back down to earth to then better our life on earth well you can't get better than that if people want to find out more about gravity lab where should they go well they can go to gravitylab.space and that's gravitylab g-a-r-v-i-t-i lab.space go there have a look, get in contact. Professor Ian Parry, and I'm going to get this right, Super Sharp Space Systems. There you go. We saw a fantastic video, and it's still playing now on your laptop here, of basically uh, a telescope in space folding, folding itself out from, uh, I would imagine, a much smaller size than it started. So tell us more about Super Sharp Space Systems. Okay, we... So we, um, we spun out of Cambridge University because I'm from the Institute of Astronomy, actually. So I'm interested in telescopes because I want to point them at the sky. Uh, but I realized that to develop the technology, 
it would be good to start thinking about applications where you turn the telescope around and point it at the ground. So that's how I got involved in spinning out a company which is uh, providing technology for Earth observation. And I'm here at the Agritech E event today because it has applications for um, precision ag agriculture. There are some really fascinating applications. You demonstrated, for example, crops. Uh, you'd be able to detect by satellite which crops needed uh, proper irrigation. They weren't getting enough water. You also, I mean, I mean, Belinda can't hear me, so I'm going to stray slightly from the, from the brief, but, uh, you know, military applications, uh, you know, climate change applications. And uh, we were talking to the Tyndall Climate uh, Research Institute only yesterday uh, about uh, climate change, as you would imagine. And... Uh, what is the, is the, there doesn't seem to be much of a limitation. Are there any limitations? There's definitely a very large, widespread range of applications for this. I mean, another one that you, you didn't mention there was, is wildfires as well. Indeed. So um, we're, just to be clear, we're, we're, our technology is focused on thermal infrared imaging. So it's not the normal imaging you, you would do with your eyes or with, a, with your uh -huh. camera. It's, uh, it's heat mapping in um, imaging so it's the, the sort of thermal cameras that people were using to try and spot people who had covid for example that kind of thing where you can spot a hot person uh, with a camera that's basically sensitive to heat so we a picture with our camera basically tells you the temperature of every little pixel in the image that's why we have all these different applications where you're, you're looking for temperature differences or, or heat generation so um, yeah it does have a lot of applications yeah, yeah. so whereabouts in Cambridge are you based Wearing my university hat, I'm based at the Institute of Astronomy. Mm -hmm. uh, wearing my company hat, we're based just outside Cambridge in Waterbeach. How many sort of points of articulation? How long does it take you to get something folding out of a, of a box like that? I mean, obviously in space, there's not much to, you know, not much in the way of friction. But how much kind of investment to get that kind of miniaturization and telescoping technology? The investment, um, we're, yeah, roughly speaking, we think we're going to, get our technology in space for a demonstration for perhaps um, something like five million pounds. Yeah. Right. That's the sort of level of investment. Uh, and until we've got it working in space, uh, it's difficult to get people to fully believe that it's going to work and then invest in it. But we, so we think, we hope that when it works, it's going to be quite a disruptive technology and people will go, oh my goodness, this is really cool. But until you get it in space and take pictures from space, you haven't quite got to that stage, yeah. So, so about five million, we think, to to get us to that important milestone, yeah. Well, it looks fascinating. You've you've got so much detail here, and you know we need that kind of data. We need that kind of information to tell us about all the things you highlighted. But in an agricultural field, to you know, we're 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 at a place where the earth is getting hotter. We need to we need to s s make sure we can get the crops we need out of the ground, and you know we we won't always be able to. You know, it can't all be about vertical farms and underground farming like they have in London. We are still going to need to grow things in fields. So, you know, this is this is vital. Professor Ian Parry, thank you for listening to me with on a bit there. And uh, all the best to you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, here I am with, with ground control on this. We've, we've had the space safari. What a wonderful networking idea to get around all these companies doing such amazing things and they're coming to share that news with us. Belinda Clark, Dr. Belinda Clark. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for putting this on. What was the inspiration for this? 
I think for a number of years, actually, we've been struck by the fact that there isn't a farm that isn't using space technology in some form, whether to steer tractors or to track machinery or livestock or monitor crops. And it felt like there was a really interesting interface where space tech can meet agritech. And then the New Anglia LEP has some really exciting aspirations for a space tech cluster. So it was a no-brainer that we would put this event on together to really explore where, what could we do in that interface. It seems, it, it seems to me very much that you, you sort of scratch the surface and then you suddenly realise that the number of companies working in the space and, and that, that must, that must as, as well as providing an, a lot of inspiration for a day like this, that must not only make you feel really good about the, the sector you're working in but give a lot of opportunities for Agritechy to really shine a light on those businesses. Absolutely. One of the things we've been doing over the last year is looking at other sectors that have got technologies that we can apply in agriculture. And space tech is a great example of that. I think one of the speakers today said, you know, space tech is just aeroplanes that go really, really high. Mm. Um, and being able to just mine the opportunities and find that common ground for where agritech can look into the space sector to go, do you know what? We've got some really major challenges here and you can help us is just a fantastic exciting thing to do and it's and it's exciting to be at the early stages of building a cluster because you really know um you've really got the opportunity to sort of build it the way you want to build it and ha have it be of the benefit you want it to have and for someone like yourself who, who has this kind of cross the region brief uh, a, a bit slightly wider than perhaps the let does what what extra added value uh, does that have that that ability to look slightly wider than just norfolk and suffolk but across to cambridgeshire and essex as well and and all other parts yeah, I mean, we're, we've, we've got members from all over the world at Agritech E, um, but you're right, our, our roots, pun intended, uh, are very much in the east of England. And yeah, I mean, the company that we're standing next to here, Sharp Systems, that's a spin-out for the University of Cambridge. We also have the Lincoln Agri-Robotics capability again and the uh, Space Safari. So that wider perspective, you know, no, no man is an island and no county has it all. In fact, no country has it all. And this is an area where we need global collaboration, as we were hearing from one of the speakers today. It's, it's, a, it's a race, but it's not against each other. It's against uh, what, what we've done to the planet and how we can harness a more sustainable space industry to create a more sustainable agritech industry. What's next for agritechy? Where are you, go are you going next from this? How are you growing out from this? So we have our busy events uh, schedule, so we'll be doing a lot of other events, uh, including Space Tech. What we would like to do is to pick up on some of the conversations we've been having today to see how we can get some actionable insights on farm, because it's always very easy to get really excited about the technology, but what does that mean for the farmers? So really digging a bit deeper, again, pun intended, <laughs> as to what the impact could be on farm is, I think, something we're going to be looking at with some of the speakers we've heard today. Well, it's agri-tech-e.co.uk if you want to find out more. Belinda Clark, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. My thanks to Belinda, Julian and all the attendees. And we look forward to the East of England leading the way on marrying stardust with the salt of the earth. And now... Hidden treasure. Our region is in many ways a hidden treasure. The journey here can often seem long and foreboding. The A14 is a harsh and unforgiving mistress, though slightly more forgiving since the upgrade. Unless, of course, you choose public transport and dare the Maelstrom, or Liverpool Street Station. 
unless you're going to King's Lynn, then it's the King's Cross Kraken. But it's all worth it, for there is much treasure to be found here, and much of it is still hidden, known only to a mere few who are blessed with much wisdom. And they have shared that knowledge with us now, in this week's... Crowd Sorcery Yes, crowd sorcery. It is the year 2023, and I write down these words, these particulars about our region, from the beginning to the end, keeping nothing back, not even the bearings of our region, for there is still treasure here, not yet. Lifted. <clears throat> and so we find motorcycling historian and Greater Thetford Partnership Manager at Breckland Council, Captain Jack Weaver, not an actual captain, who rightly flies the flag for Thetford. Leader of Breckland Council, Sam Chapman Allen, shared with Eastern Promise his huge enthusiasm for the town, which is truly a hidden gem and a beautiful place to be. And Jack reminds us of the episode of Eastern Promise following that interview with Sam Chapman Allen, where Jack and I shine a light on the town, starting with a coffee at the Light Cinema, then walking along the river down to Nuns Bridges and the British Trust for Ornithology. We cross the river and take in the impressive Iron Age castle Motton Bailey. Then we meander up the side streets for a coffee and cake in the town centre, before heading over to the hidden gems of the Charles Burrell Museum, Ancient House Museum and the unique and awe-inspiring Priory Ruins. Jack also draws on his passionate obsession with military history, shining a searchlight on the Mucklebrook collection on the North Norfolk coast, with well over a hundred military vehicles and countless artefacts, weapons and equipment. All a private collection. And, says Jack, the soup was pretty good too. Couple that with a trip to the RAF Radar Museum at Nettishead on the way home and you've got yourself a packed weekend of anorakery, says Jack. Thank you, Jack, for the unsolicited plug. And you can find both our tour and my chat with Councillor Sam Chapman-Allen either in your Eastern Promise podcast feed or by going to easternpromise.podbean.com and searching for Thetford. We're Suffolk-bound next with Barry Hayter, Head of Sales and Marketing at Electronic Terminations and Roland Plastics, the Roland Group. Electronic terminations. Sounds grisly. Mm. It has to be Woodbridge Historic Riverside, Wissex Place, says Barry. You have the Art Club, Tide Mill Living Museum, Woodbridge Museum and the Longshed, building a full-size Sutton Hoo ship replica. When you need a break, there's Coffee Link, Woodyard, brackets, delicious pizza, and the Boathouse Restaurant. Finish it off with a sunset walk along the river. Barry, Woodbridge is very much on my to-visit list. It was enticing before, and thanks to your brilliant photo of the sun setting over Woodbridge, it's doubly so now. Finally, our star of not two weeks back, John Gordon Saker, Executive Director of the History of Advertising Trust, Chair of Norwich Film Festival and Board Member of Norwich Bid, says, Well, clearly, with 10 million items in the archive, it has to be the History of Advertising Trust. I couldn't agree more, John. Again, thank you for the unsolicited reminder of episodes past and much enjoyed. Thank you 
to all my crowd sorcerers. Next week, because apparently I can't read a calendar, we will be a week late with our recommendations for the most romantic spot in the east of England. Try to look on it as either emergency help for those who forgot the day or me being really punctual for next year. Thank you again to Sam Steggles for the warm welcome, excellent coffee and for rekindling my love of goat's cheese. Thank you to, to Engineer49. Now, here's a fun fact. Aww. Yes, it is fun. Once a month, whenever we go our separate ways, I have to stand at the roadside and gesticulate wildly for about five minutes as Engineer49 drives away. Has to be once a month. Can't be anything less than five minutes. He loves anything that's a long wave frequency. Aww. Oh, what? 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 There's more where that came from. Did you know, on the rare occasions he buys an expensive coffee, it's never tall or grande, always midi. Yes, well. Most of all, I truly appreciate your company. Please do get in touch and tell me what you think of the show and what you'd like to hear more of. Email me at mike at easternpromise.site. Mike at easternpromise.site. Next week, I'll be chatting with former diplomat trade and investment expert, and one of the loveliest people it's been my privilege to interview, Harriet Fear, MBE. We'll be chatting about her career, her work with our health tech and life science communities to attract foreign direct investment to our region, and how she's continuing that work as the chief executive of Cambridge And, which aims to bring large international companies into our ecosystem. But that's not all. I'll also be bringing you the skinny, the scoop, and what our American cousins call the 411 on the East of England All-Party Parliamentary Group, direct from their latest meeting in the Mother of Parliaments. Not one to miss. Oh, my life! I'm already excited! Until then, bye for now! <laughs> <laughs>